Alex. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Show Business. This is Nick Nunziata, and this is the live morning screw. I've got Steve Murphy on the phone. Steve, how you doing? Very well, sir. That's delightful. We are doing this using the, the functions of technology. I am at my home in Alpharetta, Georgia, and Steve is at the office also in Alpharetta, Georgia. We are using the powers of telecommunications and the powers of science to bring us together with you, the listeners of Chud.com. Special time. It's, uh, it's Wednesday morning, uh, and we are soon going to be graced with yet another Clint Eastwood movie this weekend. We've recently been graced with probably the pinnacle of three dimension with Jackass, and we've been graced with my Lake Placid caption or screen grab of the girl's panties. It is a thing of beauty, and as I sit here writing my stuff in the brand new offices, I constantly have that picture up, and I'm always having to ship me trousers. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's, you know, the funny thing is the woman is not delightful to look at. She's not bad. You know, she's the blonde with the little real breasts that takes her right. clothes off and runs around. It's eaten by an alligator or a crocodile. <laughs> but that shot, that shot has a mesmerizing effect, and it reminds me of everything that I like about the world. Yeah. Well, that was a really good... There was a really good panty shot in an 80s teen comedy. I don't remember which one it was. White, their white panties. One. Were the, it, was, it wasn't Porky's. I don't remember. I don't know. There was one. I remember when I was a kid. It was like it was a glorious thing, and, and it stuck with me. So much so that I don't remember the name of the movie. That's a good picture, though. You know, I'm looking at it right now as we speak. That's a damn good picture. I might have to go have me a little drink of brandy, I think. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing the show for an hour. We've got uh, we've got a, a, a caller that we'll be bringing on in just a short while. Um, and in and in the uh, tradition of Chud having massive celebrity guests, you know, we're going to bring Andrew Hawkins in a minute um, from Destin, Florida, who I had the pleasure of meeting a couple weeks ago when I was there for a golf outing because I'm an amazing golfer, and um, and that would be delightful because uh, I mean I think we've really kind of. We run the gamut from Edgar Wright to the to Compliment Levine to Gareth Edwards to Jason Schwartzman to Jody yeah. Hill. I think I think it's I think Andrew is the perfect in, in that line. The progression continues. The string is unbroken. Although I do have I do have a, a very special announcement for the for the listeners of the show. Tomorrow there will be a live podcast that's an hour long at least, moderated by Ren Brown. Featuring all three of the Rift Tracks guys. Not good. Does Ren know about this? <laughs> yes, Ren does. <laughs> Ren set it up. Um, it's uh, as you, as folks have seen on the site. Hopefully, we have uh, an event with Fathom Events. Uh, be in theaters all across this fine nation, where uh, the Rift Tracks boys do the House on Haunted Hill. And if you don't know who Rift Tracks is, I don't know what to say. Uh, obviously originally came up with the Mystery Science Theater and then uh, have split off and then joined as one for the Rift Tracks phenomenon. But anyway, they're going to be doing a live podcast with Ren and, and, and the callers, so you guys can have some fun there. Uh, but until then, you have to settle for Steve and myself, and I guess I will bring on Mr. Andrew Hawkins from Destin. Andrew, welcome welcome back. How is it going? Sorry to hang up on you before. I, I, am, it's, I blame technology. Well, thanks to technology, I was able to call back, so we are good to go. Excellent. Um, how's your How's your foot healing? You know what? Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I was watching a thing, and the broken bone started to fill up with blood. It detached from my ankle. It grew spider legs, and it ran out the door. But I, I think wish. it's coming back, so we should be good. It's It's probably hanging out with windows and nulls. <laughs> That's a Sounds like a nerd. Doing the blood test. That's a nerd reference. Sounds like a golfing uh, golfing injury. Did you two play golf together? We did not. I don't even know if Andrew's into golf, although he lives near the, some of those beautiful courses in the world. 
I am into golf, and I am all about hooking up a game next time. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, you know what? We stopped, and this is so not exciting for Chad readers, but um, we stopped on our way into town. We stopped in Dothan, Alabama, which is a town I would recommend to no one. But they have this golf course there. It's one of that trail. I forgot the name of it. It's like the, the Robert Jones Trail or whatever. And no offense to Destin, that, that course blew every golf course I've played off the map. Like, it was just insane. The Robert Trent Jones Trail, I think is what it was called. But it was one of those courses, and it was pretty pricey, but it was like playing on, on like a like a real, real PGA. It was super difficult. And, and I don't need a course to be difficult to make an ass of myself. So we ended up playing, you know, there, and then we played it. You know, we played about four different courses in Destin over the past couple of years, and it's a beautiful place. I didn't know you played, but your your foot was ruined, so I would have had it, had you at a disadvantage anyway. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, he had a cast, he had a cast yeah. like a some sort of a device over his over his uh, his crawler. He's got some kind of uh, biomechanical. Who knows what? See if I can get a leg replacement by H.R. Giger. Something got in his foot and it went bad. A little bit. So, so uh, the, yeah. the interesting the interesting thing about Mr. Hawkins, well, there's really nothing interesting about him, but, um, well, he did beat us in poker, but um, he's going to be coming up the highway uh, in a couple, of, I don't know, about a week or two, whatever, to see the Tron event that is going to be playing in a few theaters, 3D, 3D teasers, some of the movies, a little bit of an, a special event that apparently is sold out now everywhere. And uh, that's an event that Steve and myself and a few other folks in the office will be at. We'll be at a different theater than Andrew's coming to. But uh, let's talk about Tron 3D. Let's talk about Tron Legacy a little bit. Tron Are you excited Legacy. about it, Mr. Mr. Hawkins? I am excited about Tron. I like the old 1982 film. I like some of those old movies that Disney did around that time. They were a little weird, and that movie is definitely good, and Jeff Bridges is sick, and this one is kind of up in the air, I think, right now. You've got that uh, lead character, uh, this new guy who's seeming a little rough, maybe, but you got Jeff Bridges coming back. It's being scored by Daft Punk. There's a lot going for it, and the visuals look great. What about you, Mr. Murphy? I can't wait. It's going to be great. Bridges looks wonderful in it. Oh, I'm just, uh, it's going to be good, and I want to see. Like, I think he's the villain, isn't he? I think he plays two different roles. Yeah. He plays Either old way, Jeff great. and then old. Cyber Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for it. It's going to be – and the event is only, like, 20 minutes, isn't it? 20 it's minutes 20 or so. 20 minutes, but it, I think there's some – ancillary stuff, too. I can't imagine you, you just go in there and they show you 20 minutes of footage. I think there'll probably be some sort of a, an introduction and some sort of behind-the-scenes type of thing. I can't, I mean, I don't know. My only, my only comparison is that San Diego, I went this past year, and I know that for the past three years they've had a Tron presence, but this year they did this thing. That was, I mean, they had the, the Flynn's Arcade set up, and, and it was amazing. It was a retro arcade that you go into. And on that on that alone, it was worth the the free admission price. But behind behind the arcade, you go through this kind of series of tunnels, and then there's this nightclub. And the whole nightclub would felt like something out of Tron. It was all decked out in the neon, and there was all the walls had like footage of the movies playing on it. And it was really it was a really immersive experience. It was great, and uh, it was obvious that Disney is pushing the movie super hard. And now it's also obvious that there's sort of a backlash now. And, uh, you know, I guess they couldn't maintain the, the momentum of keeping people's uh, excitement level really, really, really high. And then, of course, now there's this word of mouth that the movie might not be great. They may have done some tweaking. Garrett Hedlund might be a shitty star. I've heard all those things. And, honestly, Tron is a movie or Tron Legacy. I don't care. None of that stuff scares me, bothers me. Because you rewatch the original film, and it's hardly a slam dunk. It's hardly a really... Uh, your normal mainstream movie. And, and, and when, when I saw it as a child, I liked it, but I liked it for completely different reasons than I do now. So I hope it is weird. I hope it doesn't really fit into the current moviescape. That's right. I got to agree having to be kind of awkward, be strange, be something that isn't really in the norm would be a benefit to it if it's got that weird kind of feeling to it where you're not exactly sure about how to grade the film as a whole. If it's odd, it'd be great. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I personally love movies that make more sense 10 years down the line than they do current, you know, when they come out. I know that that sucks for the, for the motion picture companies that are funding it and promoting it. That's, that's tough titties on them. But, uh, you know, I think as, as a fan, as somebody who, you know, obviously, we don't get a lot of movies like that that are, you know, off the path and, you know, who knows? It might be, it might be, a, might be just what the doctor ordered. But uh, I actually like Garrett Hedlund. I like him in almost everything I've seen him in. So it surprises me that he might not be a magnetic lead. No pun intended with the, with the way that they travel around. But uh, and Bridges is, can do no wrong. I mean, the True Grit trailer just makes True me Grit looks wild. The yeah. True Grit trailer is the really moving good. equivalent of that panty shot. I would agree with that. It's a fabulous <laughs> everything thing. Everything good about life. You know, a friend of mine, Steve Day Wagner, we were talking about it in the car. I asked him if he had seen the True Grit trailer, and he refused to. He's like, I'm not going to watch that. I was Why? like, are you kidding? And he's like, well, I'm a huge John Wayne fan. The original was one of my favorite movies growing up. But from what I understand, this True Grit isn't that True Grit or isn't trying to be that True Grit at all. Right. This is more about the book. Right. So, and, yeah, and John Wayne's is not. And I kind of like the movie, too. And that's like one of my favorite John Wayne movies, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his, but but um, it's the Coen Brothers, and 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 it's Jeff Bridges, and it's you know how how do you and Damon and Brolin? Are you kidding me? Yeah. How do you not just completely subscribe 100 percent to that to that project? I do. I don't know either. No matter how much you love an original film, this is not a remake, not at all. It's adhering far more to the book. It is the Coen Brothers, and lately they're, you know, I still think they can't do any wrong. I mean, I know some of their later films have been kind of iffy, but they're still so wonderfully made, and this film looks beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So the, the hell with the original. <laughs> I can't wait for their version of Rooster, uh, what's it, Rooster Cogburn? Rooster Cock and Balls. <laughs> Rooster. That's a hell of a Western uh, name. Rooster? Rooster. I hope this movie rakes in Rooster's millions on the first weekend. Yeah, it's true. Do you have any take on True Grit, Mr. Hawkins? Um, as for the original, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, John Wayne-wise, I've seen The Searchers and a few of his other works, and uh, that's fine, but watching the trailer before Jackass 3D just sold me 100% on it. The film looks like it's going to hit a home run, and Coen Brothers... I absolutely have to agree with you, Steve. They can do no wrong, even if especially I... When especially when they're inspired, and this looks like one of those one of those deals. This looks very inspired. Well, and the great thing is, is they're, they're, they're pumping out almost a movie a year, if not actually pumping out a movie a year. I mean, to have a talent or talents of that caliber pumping out a movie a year, I mean, we could forgive them an intolerable cruelty, which I actually like. We could forgive them a movie like that, even the Lady Killers, which I really don't like. Because it's still Coen Brothers, and it's still going to challenge you. It's still going to be fun, and there's always there's always some reason to watch one of their movies. I mean, I'm not a huge Barton Fink person, but that's just because I'm shallow and I have no depth. I'm sure that uh, if I watched it today, I'd love it. But even even that movie has some amazing stuff in it. And, uh, yeah. and when they're using Roger Deakins, or whether they're whether they're you know, there's always some aspect of one of their movies that totally makes it worth the ticket price. In the same way that um, Albert Pyun, his work is has a similar aura about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw that trailer in front of Jackass 3D as well, and that baffled me because it was all trailers for, like, real movies and, and like, movies that were not, like, uh, they were definitely not the same target audience as Jackass was reaching. And I know Jackass is, is, is a lot more than the base demographics, you know, but it was just weird seeing, like, really good, Art, artsy films in front of Jackass 3D. You had to have been at a different theater. They gave us Drive Angry and Saw 3D. Drive Angry, Drive Angry looks like a blast. Like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I think it's, and I love that William Fickner is playing like this badass, devil like hitman kind of guy. You know, and, and this is the kind of role Nicolas Cage is actually born to play. Even though he gets shoehorned into all these big films that he has no right being in, Drive Angry totally is a Nicolas Cage kind of movie. I hope I'm more excited. I want to see him. Steve, have you seen the trailer? 
I have seen the trailer, and I'm, I'm more excited about uh, Bill Fickner in it than I am Nicolas Cage. He's just well, playing uh, Johnny Blaze. It looks Actually, like I stuff. think in the trailer they're making it seem that way, but from what I understand, this movie's a lot more raw and crazy, and uh, I, I think it will probably end up having more in common with something like Crank than it would with Ghost Rider. Well, that would be a good thing. It also I can see the trailer. It also reminds me of a more expensive Supernatural episode. That's, that's the vibe I get with it as well. The whole busting out of hell thing, being mm. uh, pursued by the devil, which I love. So, whatever. Bill Fickner's great. And I'm glad Bill he Fickner's get, like, a, a pseudo-starring role. Bill Fickner and I go back, way back. We're tight. I know. Big friends. Yeah. What's his, best work? What's his best work to date? Because that guy's body of work is it's insanely great. Hmm. How about the beginning of Dark Knight? No. It's good to see him in that movie, but then he's dispatched, and we don't see yeah. him anymore. His, I, his funniest work is The Amateurs, I think. His oh, yeah, I work, that. His creepiest work is probably Go. But as far as the defendant, William Fickner, I don't think he's had it yet. He, I mean, he was great in Heat, but it was a small part, and it was before he was, yeah. he was William Fickner to us. But that's a guy, that's a guy, that's an actor who I think, it's like a, it's like a Michael Mann or somebody gives him like a, like a real, like good, like leading role in, in like a thriller or something like that. He would rock it. He would own it completely. Oh, yeah. He's certainly capable. Amazing. Put it He's an amazing man. Even in virtuosity. Damn. He was in that? That's right. I think that Holy was uh, one of the first times I noticed him was watching virtuosity on HBO way back. Kind of a late night, look at this weird sci-fi, and there he is. One it's a miracle that anybody remembers anything from virtuosity. <laughs> That weird, almost lawnmower-like ending. Lawnmower man. Very <laughs> yeah, lawnmower ending. That would be rough. better. That's <laughs> <laughs> a dog shit movie. A little bit. He was also in uh, Equilibrium. That's what he was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot he was in that. Yeah. I just remembered. He was in Armageddon too, right? He was in one of those. Which one? He was in either Armageddon or. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I'm actually pulling up this page now because, like, the, that's the thing about this guy. He's, like, secret. He sneaks his way into films. Oh, he, that's right. He's on Entourage, and he's really good on Entourage. He was in Strange Days and fucking Quiz Show, which is it. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Quiz Show the other day. That is a movie that was great, and it, it was, like, acclaimed. It got all these nominations, and then it disappeared completely. Nobody talks about Quiz Show anymore. Nope. Good movie. It's Bob Bob Redford directed it and good, good old Ralphie Fiennes. Good flick. Completely based disappeared on out of, of the world. Based on sort of true stories. Yeah. I, I'm not going to subscribe. I'm not going to yeah, believe in all that, but it's great. Fucking, I forgot he was the blind bitch in Contact. He's a blind son of a bitch in that movie. Couldn't see for his life. That guy's great. He's got he's got not a lot of stuff coming up, unfortunately. He's in a he's in a Banderas movie. God help us. Oof. There was an article on Variety yesterday about Antonio Banderas switching agencies. I don't think it's uh, from switching agencies as much as it as him grasping at some sort of relevance still. Cause that dude is fucked. <laughs> The days of Zorro were long gone, and not really yeah, I mean, left for him in the there's no, world. There's no one who doesn't want to fuck him, women or man. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful Spanish specimen. He's a hot Spaniard with kissable lips. But his career is a big bitch. Not a, I don't think there's hope for him. I don't think there's hope for him to... Uh, He's like, well, Javier Bardem is taking his jobs. I'm surprised we don't see him kicking Zorro around. I saw him recently in uh, You'll Meet a Tall Dark Stranger. He was in that? He was in that, yeah. 
played that, that, that's Kelly the Oler. movie about the person who likes to meet basketball players that is not it it's the Woody Allen movie he was yeah he was alright Dottie Brolls he was okay you know he was uh, playing a bit of a flirty character who was having marital problems of his own but he was still playing Banderas and that he's the, the sex symbol you know that the high rolling uh, Latin lover character the, the Miami Rhapsody character and I love Banderas I, I, I think he's capable of a great performance but you know he's not really been given much to do lately or either that or he's not chosen the correct things what in the world makes you think he's capable of a great performance well let's see well I for one love it in Zorro the original the first Zorro I still love it I still love it it's a ton of fun it's ridiculous but it's it's good and he's very good in it he's very charismatic on screen no doubt yeah, of course Anthony Hopkins is in it too and he he's annoying I love him right, good old Tony you know him and I go you know, way back. That's looking good. Excuse me? Catherine Zeta Jones actually looking good in that one. Yeah, yeah, he's, true. He's hot in that movie. Martin Campbell. You know what's funny? Well, in front of Jackass 3D, there was also a trailer for an Anthony Hopkins movie I didn't even know existed. I don't know if you had it. It's a movie where he plays a priest. And he, uh, it's an exorcism movie. I know that we haven't had enough of those. <laughs> but uh, Tony Hopkins plays uh, a priest who's a, who's a, who's a, based on a true story, apparently the Vatican commissioned like all sorts of exorcists out into the world to do all sorts of fancy shit and uh, things go to, go to, go to ass. And it's, uh, it's called The Right. And it features, the Right. And uh, in, in the trailer, it's mostly Hopkins, some, some young actor who I'm not familiar with, and then Alice Braga, who I hate. But um, but it also apparently it has uh, Karen Hines and Rutger Hauer in it. And uh, oh, Toby Hauer. Jones is in the trailer. Toby Jones is in the trailer too, uh, and Franco Nero's in it, which is kind of neat. But um, holy crap! Talk about exhuming somebody, Franco Nero. I yeah, thought he was the, dead the, years ago. He still thrives, sir. Well, well apparently. He's uh, he's still kicking ass in the world. I'm sure he'll die at some point, though. That's my medical prognosis. Um, well done. But that movie completely, I mean, how the, how the hell? How the hell does, how does, how the hell does that movie get made? Anthony Hopkins as a, as a priest? Boring. Uh, Rutger Hauer in the trailer? No, well, I mean, he may have been, but I didn't see him. I don't, I forget which version of Rutger Hauer we're currently in the stage of. Is this Rutger Hauer slightly paunchy? Uh, looking less Rutger, or has he newly revitalized after his hobo movie, re- ready to ready to resume uh, a successful hobo career? With a film. What? Hobo with a shotgun. Hobo with a Deal. shotgun. Yeah. Red kind of like an internet, an internet favorite that is guaranteed to probably suck a huge ass. But I, still, <laughs> I mean, I'm so tired. Like there's these movies, the internet gets behind just because of uh, certain, you know, like because they're. They seem cooler, they're fun, and I hope it's good, but I can't imagine it's going to be good. Yeah, like that, like that movie that was such dick, like back in the uh, late '90s, the Six String Samurai, which was Oof. dog shit, dog shit movie that the internet got behind and thought it was it was ball work, worse than having your tummy rubbed by the devil. No good, Rosemary's baby. So that's that's uh, that's. I think I, I think we've exhausted Mr. Uh, Mr. Banderas. The guy is the guy is. A, he's a saucy man. He could dance. He'd do everything. He's he's. We all want to be him, except for his choice of, of spending more than five seconds with Melanie Griffith. That still defies all logic. There's no reason in the world to to, to like her as a human. Just none whatsoever. No, she's she's diarrhea in human form. She's been good in maybe half a movie, and that's because people didn't realize that she was playing herself. She's got she's enhanced as they get. 
He looks like a a terror a terror astronaut, and uh, she's not talented. Steve? No, she she's horrible. She was never good, even in her heyday, her so-called heyday. She was never good. She could never be considered, you know, uh, one of the sexy celebrities. She's really awful. And, hey, at least she's uh, aging gracefully. They, um, they actually did an experiment at Yale. Uh, her voice actually causes sperm to commit suicide. Jeez, she's horrible. They should find a way to bottle her up and put her in the high school campus. Um, so I, I don't mean to talk trashly about the horrible, but she sucks. Jerry, two pounds. She married like Don Johnson 15 times. <laughs> How does he do into that? You know, wasn't he like a, a hot ticket back in the 80s? He could have had anybody he wants, and he, and he chose her like four, four or five times. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's got a great personality off screen. It, it must be. It's like that is modern day proof that Don Johnson was at least trashed off his ass at least three or four times. At least. I think it's safe to say you could probably up that number. <laughs> Don Johnson's starting to show up in movies again. That blows my mind. Really? He yeah he's uh, he's obviously he was in. Uh, he was in um, Crescente, yeah. but he was also had a cameo, which I think is probably public knowledge now. But he's had a, he had a cameo, and he'll be a regular character in the next episode of a TV series, playing the father of the character, the lead character. So that's kind of a, and it's a role befitting him. He plays, he's, he's hiding out in Mexico. So you talking about the, Don, the Dukes of Hazard reboot? No. Don Johnson was very good in Tin Cup, and he was okay in Machete, even though his role was ass. But he, yeah, something some things are better left undisturbed. Yeah, you know, it's like the Indian burial ground. His career is the equivalent of the Indian burial ground. You do not disturb it. Somebody moved his IMDb page, but they didn't move the bodies beneath it. Fucking scary town we live in. So, Steve, what else excites you these days? Well, let's see. Hmm, we've already talked about Tron. I'm excited for that. We've already talked about Don Johnson. I'm excited for whenever he leaves. Melanie <laughs> Griffith's been dead for years. Really, there isn't much else to talk about. Think about. Well, what are what do you what do you dread? What do I dread? What, what have you have you seen any trailers that make your skin invert? Actually, no, I haven't. The the one film that I saw that I really really was dreading was that Nowhere Boy, and I ended up loving it. Oh, and your endorsement of that film sent it straight to Failure Town. No, that's all right though. It's not a big deal, but. There is one one trailer that I saw that I absolutely adore, and you you absolutely despise it. That's the Tempest. I don't really despise it. I mean, I, I love Julie Tamar. I just thought I thought the use of CGI betrays what makes her work so good. I love it. I, I think it's ridiculously over the top, which is perfect. The only thing I don't like about it is, you know uh, was it Russell Brand, but we'll see how big of a role he has. He plays one of the fools. What I don't understand is at what point. Um, did they move geometric shapes around a grid? Because I haven't seen that in any of the trailers. Oh, dear. No, it's, it's not the Tetris. No, Tempest. Tempest, sir. Tempest? What the hell are you talking about? One of the greatest 80s video games, Tempest. Jesus Christ. Jesus, it must be way before my time. No, it's right in the middle of your time. Fucking, it's fucking vector graphics. It's a grid that we're fucking moving the little geometric dude around the perimeter of the circle and shooting quarks down at things that are rising to get your ass. Was that an arcade? Shakespeare. Was that, was that an arcade, you know, standalone, or was that a on a home? Yes, home system. Yeah, it had a knob instead of a joystick, just like you. Uh, and, uh, well, that explains why I never played it. It's one of the best vector graphics games based on the works of William Shakespeare. 
delightful game. Andrew, you know the game, right? Uh, absolutely. I think I was playing on Atari way back, or maybe it was ColecoVision, but when you're talking about the uh, vector graphics going around the circle and blasting downwards, the small pixelated uh, hitting other, that just automatically registers memory. Yep. And I think, um, oh, yeah, one of my uh, favorite characters in that game uh, was probably uh, Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Uh, I bet you that game served as a very good way to divert people from their sexual abuse past. Like <laughs> uh, an old dude. All the bad touch moments. I, I think it's safe to say that Andrew's probably younger than both of us by a stretch. But your old man talking about this game that doesn't even exist. When you, okay, when you go online and you, see a, and you see a picture You're full of, of crap. When you go see... William Shakespeare's Tempest, the game from the early 80s, and see pictures from it, you will be reminded of a past so glorious you've intentionally hidden it because your future... I'm going to go do some research on this game because I really... I'm telling you it does not exist. And it had great sound effects. Actually, vector graphics never get old. Especially if you're playing on the uh, Caligula Vision. Caligula? Hello? The Caligula Vision? Oh. I've been sitting on that joke for years. I finally get to use it, and I wasted it here. That is the tree in the forest, sir. I can't believe it. It actually exists. Tempest exists. It was released in 81. Yeah, it was a great game. Bloody hell. It looks terrible. Holy crap, it looks pretty good. It's all color. It looks like the Death Star Trench. Nerd. Well, I'm just telling you, it's exactly what it looks like. The screenshot I'm seeing. 1980... 1981. Good God. How old were you in 81, Andrew? Negative two. Holy fuck. I, <laughs> I had to wait a minute to be able to play Negative it. Negative two. That's hard to be. It's a good armor it class, is. but a shitty age. <laughs> it's the waiting game. <laughs> good armor, yeah. Holy. <laughs> Steve, Steve was already, was already was four. hightailing it around. That was four. I like that. They released this on the PlayStation 2. That's probably where yeah, people remember it. There's no way people remember this game from the 80s. There's no way. I mean, you might. They did a, they did a redux of the game, like in the you know PlayStation era, but it was tender dick. I actually, it was, it was the original game. one. It was included on the Atari anthology. Can you believe the Atari Jaguar existed? I believe that you had owned it. I never. I, actually, I did own it briefly, but destroyed it. Because I worked at a video game store, so I had access to all that. I used to get so pissed because so many people come in and ask for the Atari Jaguar, which I know is sort of how British people pronounce it. Yeah. It's Jag- Am I wrong? Jaguar or whatever? Jaguar. Okay. Well, guess what? Jaguar. I wasn't in England when I when I sold video games, so you need to come up and come correct. You need Fucking to look at the... Uh, let me tell you, this is how groundbreaking the Tempest was. Let me tell you the, uh, the story behind this. The object of the Tempest is to survive as long as possible and score as many points as possible. That's incredible. It's an analogy for life. Groundbreaking. You need to stay alive and win. I just Andronicus right now. William Shakespeare's The Tempest. Life. Existentialism. Bam. I see Julian Taymor's version of the video game, The Tempest. Which I think I we I think remember. we should actually we should start a trend on the internet see if we can get people to get behind it that it's a video game adaptation. <laughs> What's your favorite upcoming video game adaptation? Is it is it Tempest or is it <laughs> Marlowe's Robotron? <laughs> well, it's a close one. Fucking Julie Taymor. See that, but seriously, I don't like the trailer. Well, Russell Brand is my least favorite man on the planet, and that includes every dictator. But you're not looking forward to Arthur. Fuck him. Hope he really. Right. Hope he's a method actor and dies in the, in the sink. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, but but uh, Julie Taymor. Like you look at Titus. Yeah. And it's it's all practical effects or it's in-camera stuff, or it's, you know, like, old-school techniques, and it's beautiful, and it's crazy, and there was no need at all to, to add the, the imagery that she's using. And you look at the trailer for Tempest, and it's, it looks like a, like, a, like a music video 
that, you know, we've seen for two, two decades, the quality yeah, of the work there. You can't hold that against her. I mean, Titus was, like, what, late 90s, and so the CGI wasn't as rampant then, especially it wasn't as affordable as it is now. But it looks better. It looks so much better. Well, everything looks, looks almost crazy. everything looks better with practical. I mean, that's not a new argument. I, I don't think so I think, anymore. I think, I mean... I still do. You can, just, you can do the same. I mean, CG is delightful. It could be, it could be used to great effect. But one of the great, but but that's for people that aren't Julie Taymor. So she doesn't need it. She's she's a king with a with a vagina. Well, it's great. That? Speaking of which, let me pull that picture back up. And there it is. That's a good picture. One of the, one of the images in uh, Titus that really sticks in my memory is. Um, the daughter who gets her hands cut off and twigs put in the uh, stumps. Yes, little little uh, that. That is probably more prominent than anything visually in the trailer for uh, The Tempest, uh, sticking into my memory. But I've also had over 10 years to think about it and yeah. see it multiple times. The Tempest just has a lot of CGI and a lot of interest, but we'll see. And, and tying everything together, the star of Titus, Tony Hopkins. Yes. Tony Evan Hopkins, before he became a, just a, a boring, boring, boring man. He is not that. And actually, he was in Tall Dark Stranger. He was, that's right. So who was playing the Woody Allen surrogate in that, or was there one? Um, no, there really wasn't one. There was a neurotic... There was a the the neurotic character was um, Tony Hopkins' wife. The Brolin, she, Brolin she wasn't was, playing. Hmm. Josh Brolin wasn't playing a Woody Allen then. No, 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 not at all. Because that's the one thing. Like I like Woody Allen films, and I, and I hope he continues making these little things for the rest of eternity. But it was awkward seeing Kenneth Branagh try to be him. In Celebrity, or I think that's the one he was in? It might have been. Yeah, have been it, it, it's just weird to, to see other people try to pull off, you know. I mean, he's got actors that are great as leads in his movies that do a good job. But uh, it, it's at his best one. It's just it's just a movie. Like Crimes and Misdemeanors, yeah. you know, he, he was in that. But that that tone and that balance is so much better than a lot of the stuff he's done now. And when I saw that Josh Brolin was starring in a Woody Allen flick, I was it was perfect. He's not playing Woody Allen. He said, he said it was pretty good. It was all right, yeah. It was like middle of the road, you know. But Gemma Jones is playing Anthony Hopkins' ex-wife. And she's the... Gemma Jones? She's... Gemma Jones. I don't, I don't know her. Uh, she's a, an English actress. She was in... Um, oh, bloody hell, what was she in? She's in a couple of Harry Potter films. That's anyway, the point is, she's yeah. a neurotic character because she's you know, having this crisis. So she goes to see a uh, a seer, a palm reader. Mm -hmm. But I mean, she drinks all the time, and that's it. I mean, there isn't there is not the Woody Allen character. Brolin's not playing that character at all. He's he's a not, he's not a sleazy guy. He's just he's a shaken rider, you know, someone who's had his. Um, Ego hit by line. He had a hit book a couple of years back, and since then, several of his other books have flopped, and he's starting to have doubts about himself. But he's not hey, frantic like Woody hell, Allen. Who the hell, how's Frida Pinto in it? Because she's adorable. She's good. And she, she's fine. I mean, no one stands out. That's the thing. No one stands out in this. Do you realize that you and Bren, Bremner plays a character named Henry Strangler? Oh. The jump from Spud and Train Spotting. Yep. Henry Spangler. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a tender man. There's an actor who who has really expanded his uh, palette of work. Like he's really broadened what he represents. You know, a lot of range. Uh, good looking man. He's basically Alien the Banderas. He's, he's the Banderas of the UK. Ewan Bremner. Yeah. He, the Pete Brent Banderas, not he's the Pete Banderas of the UK. Pete Banderas has one tooth, an oblong head, 
and uh, freckles all over his bottom. Eo Bremner is like him. A nightmare. <laughs> God, he sucks. <laughs> I'm glad he's able to have a career, though. I mean, like, if you and Bremner can continue to be acting almost 15 years or whatever after Train Spy, and then there's hope for us all. Yep. Everyone's got their match. Doing heroin and shitting the bed. I hear. I hear he's playing okay. Juggernaut in the new X Men. <laughs> First class. Yeah, they're, they're shit. <laughs> okay, this is an interesting bit of, of data. Brent Spiner. No, um, Darren Aronofsky doing the Wolverine, the new Wolverine movie. Oof. Is it a paycheck, or is it deliverance? Of, a, of on promise. Promise for what? Well, I mean, he was he had flirted with Batman for so long, and people have always fan cast, you know, Aronofsky as the director of a bunch of genre movies, and he's he got really close to doing RoboCop, got really close to doing the Batman movie way mm -hmm. back, and it never happened. And actually, now the guy is coasting on uh, a movie that is gonna. I mean, the wrestler was very good for him. And Black Swan looks to be even better for him. So, he, yeah. you know, superficially, he doesn't need to do a superhero movie. So, what is it? What's what's? Is it because he owes Jackman a favor, or is he finally going to be unloading? What was that? Lose a bet to Hugh Jackman. Bad poker game. <laughs> I can't imagine Hugh Jackman's a good poker player. <laughs> Something got him attached to that, and the way that Wolverine and X Men movies are, they're not enough. Either going to turn it on its heel, or it's just going to be weird. Or drop it. Do you think there's a chance he'll drop it halfway through production and they'll get another director? Well, Brad Pitt can't walk off this one, so hmm. I don't know. I I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, of course, I haven't seen any public acknowledgement for Aronofsky yet. Oh, my God, we just got a delivery at the house here. A DVD came in. A Blu-ray came in. A uh -huh. review. A Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital copy of a special, special film. Uh-oh. Sex in the City Part 2. <laughs> you know where to put that one. Right on the shelf. That's it. See, how bad's your DVD review queue? You want, you want something special? Yeah, I'm working on uh, the Jim Marsters Western epic High Plains Invaders, yeah. which was the uh, Sci-Fi Channel original movie. I'm very excited about that. You know, we just got two. I got another DVD sent in, and it's almost as bad. It's the Ultimate NFL. Somebody really hates you. Has anybody killed themselves on a broadcast podcast yet? Has anybody used that as their method of, of outing? These are these are dire. This is a dire time for me to receive both of these in one fell swoop. It's it's not unlike a dingo stealing my baby. Now, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's that's fucking sad. Horrible. It's a horrible time. Sex in the City Two on Blu-ray. I think one of these in a clip and the devil's going to show up. Maybe do some good work. Um, we've got 15 minutes left in this, on this amazing bit of show business. Uh, what did you think of Jackass 3, Mr. Hawkins? I loved it. I absolutely dug it. Jackass 3D was excellent. And all the uh, Jackass cast is really stepping up to the plate for this one. And if it's the last one, it's a great way for them to go out. It's an excellent movie, and the 3D is fantastic. Now, I can't imagine you like Jackass, Steve. Hit and miss for me. When it's funny, it, it kills me. I don't go for the gross-out humor. I've never liked it. No. Like, but you, you saw at least the, the first one, I think, right? I did, I saw both. I ended up seeing the second one. Something about getting punched in the face with a giant fist just destroys me. 
<laughs> I think that's that's the flare. Yeah, the Groysell stuff. I don't. I don't need it. It's beneath me. Yeah. No, and, yeah. And, 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 and jumping out of yeah, a tree, I'm, landing on the ground, is not very funny. But getting punched in the face. <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff. They have this thing you'll, the ocean. There's this there's this recurring thing in um in the new movie that you'll love where um it's in really super slow motion and the Rocky music plays. Right. The Rocky and yeah, and a character has a glass of water in one hand and a and their fist in a boxing mitt in the other hand. And they'll walk yeah. up behind somebody and splash them with the water in one hand and then punch them with the other hand. <laughs> right, so they get that effect. Yeah. And it's, it's I know really, what I mean. and it's in like That's super slow motion, and with the Rocky music hauling ass, there's really no way to go wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it a lot too. Um, but yeah, the gross—I don't need to see—I don't need to see the gross out stuff that much either. And I know that it's necessary to kind of convey all of what Jackass is, um, but. Yeah. A lot of people have said that the sweat, what is it called, the sweat cocktail or sweat whatever, was the gross the mouth the most. And, and, and it was gross. Mm. But uh, I, I, I get tired of seeing guys taking their shit. Uh, the Dave England, uh, yeah, the uh, mountainous explosion. Oh, volcano ass or whatever, and, and then the yeah. uh, stuff in the, in the porta potty. Right. Yeah. Although, yeah, I'd say the thing that I was most happy to see was, uh, um, I liked, I liked, there were some, some really ingenious things in there, but, but yeah, you're right, it was about seeing the people kind of sign off, and, and it was good to see the sober Steve-O still functions, because that yeah, guy was functioning a serious train wreck, like, on, I saw one of the celebrity roasts, I think Gene Simmons or whatever, was, guy just, was a, just an abomination, and, uh. Yeah, those guys. And you know what? I think uh, I think they they need to stop now because the film made more money than anybody could have expected, and uh, you could see that you could see the the threads kind of starting to wear thin in terms of what more can these people do? They've already rehashed some stuff, so why why, why keep going? I mean, none of you need money. How much did they reuse from the show? I don't think they reused anything. They may have done like a, like a like kind of a bigger and better versions of some of the stuff. I mean, there's still there's still things where a wild animal tries to stampede them or whatever, you know. There's one where they, kick, they, kick, they there's a donkey who kicks people in the kicks them kicks them in the balls. Then they tail on the donkey. Oof. I can't imagine that um, the animal the animal protection agencies like the bee scene. They're playing tetherball yeah. with a bee with a with a beehive. Bees have rights too, don't they? And there are bees no bees in outer too. space. What was that? There are no bees in outer space. Oh. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think only one person will get snake. it. Yeah, I think the snakes also didn't enjoy their, their, their time spent. Nobody has any right to kick a snake's ass pretty firm on that stance. I think John Boyd might have had a right to kick a snake's ass in Anaconda. Maybe. It had to be a CGI John Boyd. John Boyd's a dreary individual. <laughs> I don't think Angelina really still talks to him. I don't think they have any sort of a father-daughter relationship and it makes me sad. You know, those Hollywood tragedies. It really is. It's worse than it's worse than when it's worse. I think that I think actually they had a falling out on the set of Twilight Zone the movie, and nobody paid any attention to it. They're like tragedy on the set of Twilight Zone the movie, and they thought it was something else, and it was really a falling out between a, a father and a daughter. It's a sad time for us all. Fuck them. Um, all right, Andrew. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you scattering into the wilderness now to fend for cool. yourself as a man. But I appreciate the the time. And uh, as we approach closer to Tron time, let me know 
uh, when you're when you're heading up, so we could take you to uh, one of our fine local establishments before you head off to the wrong theater. Sounds like a plan. I'm all, all right. It. Thank you. Enjoy Destiny, son of a gun. That town is amazing, Steve. There's this bar there, the red bar. Yeah. The food is incredible. It, it, they give you a menu of like five choices, and you have to pick one of those choices, and they're all amazing. And then there's this band. There's this band yeah. that plays there, uh, and the drummer is what is James Brown's drummer from back in the day. And they got this uh, stand-up bass player, James and they got a Brown saxophone drummer. dude. What? I'm pretty sure he's not a current James Brown drummer. No. Well, he might be, but James ain't appreciating it. <laughs> but uh, they're awesome. I mean, they're really good, really tight jazz, like really good stuff. And uh, they'll play some, is the place. Do they have grilled cheese on the menu? They do not. I'm not going to that place. What the hell? But I had a I had a blackened grouper on a seared grit cake that was incredible. Ate really? a dork out of it. How are their drinks? The drinks are amazing. A lot of trashed broads walking around that joint. That that place is if you can't if you can't find a girl there, you should cut it off and send it to H. G. Wells. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't even understand myself anymore. I wonder if he's still getting mail. H.G. Wells? Yeah. Oh, Henry Gregerson Wells. Is that his name? I don't know what his name is. He's got this. He's got the same initials as composer Harry Gregson Wagner. That is true. Pretty That's great. I got that from then. Let's see what H.G. Wells for. H.G. stands for... Her oh, my God. Her Her Herman Gorig Wells. Really? I can't believe it. <laughs> if only. No, instead it's Herman George. That's our Herbert George. Haunting Ghoulies Wells. Yeah, it's slightly less interesting than Herman Gorg. That we there is no modern H. G. Wells. We don't have we don't have a modern Jules Verne or a modern H. G. Wells. We get James Rollins for fuck's sake. That's what we get. We don't. We don't even have a modern-day Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, yeah. fuck us. We we don't have a modern-day Stephen King. We don't have a modern... Oh. We don't have a modern-day H.G. Thomas Wells. We don't have a, nope. a modern Jules Verne. We do have a modern Jules Asner, and that's almost as good. We have a modern but, Jules Holland. But we get James Rollins. That's our that's our name brand for subterranean adventure. That's fucked. And for deep space exploration humor, who do we have? There's an author named Jack McDevitt who's really good, but he's no mm -hmm. Arthur C. Clarke. We have William Gibson, who is a visionary dude who lets me down more than he pleases me as an author. And yet you continue to buy his books. You need to understand. There's Charles DeLint, kind of an interesting author. Great covers for his books. But I don't think he's that great. There's there's a lot of there's, there's, we obviously have more more diverse talent now, but I don't think we'll ever have another guy that defines uh, a genre like that ever again. That's true. Not, not the just him, though. The big baby bitch. The better you are, the worse off you are. Well, Bradbury. Bradbury's on the way out if he's not already taking a deep walk with the devil. What about Piers Anthony? Piers, Piers Anthony is, is sausage. <laughs> oh, Gary Pornell, I think he's out of the woods. There's so many. All the, I don't even know. I like a lot. I mean, like, uh, I like, what's his name, Jonathan Lepton. There's some, there's some great guys out there that write stuff that sometimes is genre stuff and sometimes isn't, but Arthur C. Clarke is history. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He is spiraling through Cosmos, wondering what the fuck's happening to him. And I guess idea. as we enter the home stretch here, we've got five minutes. I'm working on my review of Hereafter today, the new Clint Eastwood really? flick. 
which features uh, subplots involving people transcending through, through the cosmos to their final resting place, sort of. And, uh, and you liked it a lot, right? I did like it. And, and, and I was surprised to hear that a lot of people are ripping it because it's kind of it's kind of good. Are yep. they ripping it because of Damon? No, Damon's awesome in the movie. Everybody's good. The French woman, I want I want to make science with her. She's she's the one. She's in high tension, but she's really good in this movie. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's got a small part in the movie. Um, who else? Some other people. Little mm-hmm. kid. Not uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore's in it. Talk about a guy whose hairline has betrayed him. Woof. I've seen him. Yeah. Jay Moore needs to shave his head quickly. His forehead is starting to have its own government. It's fucked. I can't believe it. But it's a good movie. And I didn't realize Spielberg produced it. But it definitely is. Uh, is it's a lot more. It's a lot more beautifully shot than some of some of Eastwood's recent works. And it's the, the ensemble acting is much better than some of his recent works. Because I mean, like Gran Torino. Oof. Simon Clint. We're talking, we're talking summer stock. It's a bitch, bitch of a cast. But um, it's, a 10, though. it's pretty good. The only thing is, I mean, you have to be able to buy Mr. Matt Damon as a guy who can speak to the gone. He like speaks to the Fox. people who have left us away. And and he does it quite easily. Like, all he has to do is touch you, and, 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 and then he opens up a line of communication. He's basically like the afterlife, afterlife Skype sort of. Actually, you know what? We didn't get around to talking about the Back to the Future. I know. I'm kind of glad, actually. Because it makes me sad that um, I'm going to be hated by many after I re- put my review up. Yeah, me included. Yeah, I, I wasn't... I wasn't... I'm not a huge fan anymore. I didn't like him that you're much. A cynic, you're a cynical bastard. But I'm not. I just told you how fucking... I <laughs> defended many things. I don't understand how you can hate it. I don't hate it. When you were watching Mother of Your Death, you took the I discount and you threw it at me. <laughs> I wish. I was watching, a, a, when I was watching The Death, it was a digital copy, so you're full of lies. Oh. That's, that explains that, then. I just wasn't, I just wasn't swept away in it. Get it. And, and I used to love that movie. I mean, I saw the first Back to the Future in the theater like seven or eight times. Everything about them is, is still great. I mean, it's cheesy. Like, it's silly. It's ridiculous. But it's, you know, the Sylvester score is great. And everybody don't like it. Oh, it's, it's so, it's wonder. It's so perfect for that film. The first, the first film, I, the, there was times when the music really took me out of it. The music is, is better. Uh, it's kind of whimsical film. at times. It just, it's a little, it's whimsical, it's nothing wrong with whimsical, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think, I think this time, this time watching the movies, I saw, I saw the attempts to spiel, make it more Spielbergian, and, 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 and I know Zemeckis is a very fierce talent of his own, and he's got his own ideas, but I felt like there were times in Back to the Future where they were trying too hard to make it feel Spielberg, and, and, and Spielberg's tendencies in that era are great, but when you get older, they don't. I don't. They don't think they have the same appeal. Some of my favorite, like the, my favorite things in the, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies, still work because they're not. But the, some of the Spielberg touches are just cute. It's like, yeah. it's like clever, but it's like clever. Look at me, cute kind of shit. And I. That's and why I've always hated. Got a lot of that stuff. And I don't care about the continuity and the time space stuff and if everything dovetails together. Or, and I didn't find it confusing at all. But I think I think there were times when it felt like. A, do episode in terms of some of the ways they they, they portrayed it, but it's still, I it's still watch, good I, movies. And, and if, if I had a you know for my kids, I'm going to show it to Sophia real soon. I know she'll love it. And I'm not the target demographic anymore. But I don't think they're I don't think they're super classic movies. I disagree. I think they are super classic films. Absolutely, all although, three of them. Although I do like the third one more than more than most people do. I like the third one a lot. But the second one is to me by far my favorite. By I will say that the one overriding thing I noticed from watching these movies again is that Thomas F. Wilson is the best performance. The guy rocks in those movies. He's incredible. Yeah, you got, you got, he's got a lot to he's do. He's given the most to do. Characters. Yep. Given the most to do. He's he's very very fun. He seems to really understand what kind of movie they're making. 
Uh oh, we got about ten seconds, I think. Yeah, so we're we're about to end the show, but um, stay tuned next tomorrow for the podcast with the uh, Rift Track dudes, and then on Sunday with the B Movie guys. Thanks everybody. Take care of your nuts.